Nomad is more digital than paper, uh, as 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 he shows. He's he he's going to be the arena guy for the podcast. We covered this before, and we're going to cover it some more here in the future. Well, yeah, he's kind of putting his foot in the door here, hosting this arena event. Of course, he's going to be our arena guy. And being digital only, he doesn't have to worry about fucking foils. <laughs> right? <laughs> While you guys were talking about that, I took my wheel out and just bent them back. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 127 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt, over there we got Big G, and filling in, joining us for the first time, we have Alex, local friend from the, the area, very, very smart when it comes to Magic, and also works at uh, local local game store Paradox. I know nothing of this game. He's helped me a couple times uh, with... Interesting rules questions. I was about to say, the man sitting across the table from me actually got me started in Commander along with a few other folks at Paradox one day. Oh, shit. Is that you? Uh, I mean, yes, definitely. <laughs> Back in the day when it was still EDH. Yeah, no, I mean, his whole crew of friends definitely were very avid Paradox goers. How long has it been now since then? Oh, pretty much since I've been playing, yeah, over a decade now. Because, yeah... Um, Every now and then I'll see Josh. Oh, yeah. Very occasionally. Yeah, he's more a board game guy now. Okay. From my understanding, but I don't get a chance to chat with him too much anymore. Gotcha. I haven't seen him probably for like a year, but every time I see him, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Teaching the youth to play Commander. Yeah, you can blame him for my send triplets deck. Perfect. <laughs> I enjoy that tech. But also, we have... An amazing other guest here that has some big news. We have Nomad joining us. How's it going? Yes, even though Neil Young threatened to put his music back on Spotify, you stand by me. Thank you. <laughs> did, did he threaten to put it back on? Yeah, he did. Really? If you had no modifier on your podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh, did, yeah. Did you not get that joke that when he said it right away? Jesus, that one went over my head too. I'm not. I'm not in it. I <laughs> that guess. was a week ago. Neil uh, Young, Joe Rogan back. was a week ago, so that's old news. Well, I knew. I knew that he got off on Spotify because of that. Didn't know. Is he trying to get back on? Then it's like, did Joe Rogan get off there? Or? I can't imagine. That's still like. I think Joe Rogan pulled a few of some of his stuff off last time I looked. I didn't look too much into it because the whole feud between them for you know whatever reason other than differing viewpoints i don't care about all we know is uh joe rogan is very hard to take down i guess well it's because he takes alpha brain fair he got that uh, (laughs) he got that smart brain going oh man all of a sudden this is gonna get clipped to get get showed to joe rogan and then we're gonna get like the joe rogan (laughs) army attacking us uh cut that cut that (laughs) okay um, we're so glad that you all decided to join us for this episode. Thank you so very much. So let's jump into the business here and start off by thanking you guys again for taking your uh, sweet, precious listening time to 
listen to some schmucks with microphones talk about magic for, I don't know, a few a few bits, a few hours. Not that long. We're not that bad yet, but few shakes and quiver. Thank you so much. We also want to give a big thank you to the patrons who think that this content is worth supporting. You all are completely crazy for doing it. So thank you, Wade. Thank you, Chapman. Thank you, D. Moose. Thank you, Amu the Fox. Thank you, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier. Thanks, bud. Steve, Jacob, and Christian. Thank you to each and every one of you. If you guys also want to uh, join, uh, support it, join by supporting us, you can go check out our Patreon. We have uh, two tiers, a $3 tier that gets you put in for monthly booster pack drawings. We're giving away two packs each month. Uh, next month is also going to be Kamigawa set boosters. And then at our $10 tier, you get put in for a commander card that's valued between $15 to $20 and then some. Uh, but if you don't want to support us through Patreon, you can also buy some playmats. We've got some playmats available for sale. You can hit us up on all the social medias for that. Be like, hey, I want some playmats. And then we'll be like, hey, we'll send you these playmats. And we'll send them anywhere. We sent them to Germany. So uh, we'll we'll work out things. We want people to have these playmats. They're really cool. They're 20 bucks. Hit us up. But if you don't want to hit us up, you can also go check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs, who has them also for 20 bucks. And you could just like do a typical transaction and stuff there and all that stuff. Speaking of J-Dubs, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming located in West Acres Mall in Fargo is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. And thank you, J-Dubs, for the support. Uh, it looks in the it looks like in the notes here uh, we have we have a big G announcement first. Oh, we do. Yes. Now see if by and I'm gonna if by July we can get up to 25 Patreons because I am as JB would formally say being a whale. <laughs> And I have pre yeah. pre ordered the latest super drop. Ooh. The bundle? I'm I'm gonna do the bundle bundle. The bundle bundle. I'm gonna do the bundle bundle. God damn. I'm I'm gonna save up because I'll obviously do the delayed payments. <laughs> and right. just be like, all right, cool. Here we go. There's my magic allowance for the next like six months. Hypothetically. Okay. I if we get up to twenty five, we'll go ahead. And which one was I gonna do? Oh, the uh, the lands. I was gonna give away one of the land secret layers. Ooh, the 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 retro yep. computer st- computer you yep. one. Okay, so I'm gonna give away one of those if we can get up to 25 by July. Okay, we're at 12 now. Yep. So almost doubling, and then I'm saying July because these don't release until the end of July. So we'll do the drawing, and then as soon as they get released and they get my possession. Whoever wins it, and it'll be all Patreons get entered into it, not just new ones. Ooh, even better, way yep. cooler. So there we go. This spread the word. 
this summer is going to have some potentially good things. I'm excited exactly. uh, for, for, for more discussion. Uh, if, if you all are interested, stick tune, keep coming back each week and listening to us as, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about it as the time closes in. But yeah, there's the, there's the big G announcement for the Patreons. Join, get people to join Patreons, get us up to 25 by July, July 1st. There we go. The new fiscal year. <laughs> and, uh, Na- every name of our Patreons will get thrown into a drawing and get a chance to win this wonderful piece of the bundle bundle. That'd be very dope. This yeah. was news to me. I was not told about this. That's right. You weren't because <laughs> I made it a special announcement. Wow. Special. Yeah. It all just says a special announcement in the notes here. But okay. Yeah. There, there we, we go. go. Why don't we get to that breakdown? Let's get to that breakdown now. So in the breakdown of how this episode is going to get laid out for you. First off, we're going to have some salt reports and past events results after that we're going to go to some upcoming events uh which includes some local stuff and a very special local one from nomad after that we're going to jump into the news we don't have a a, a blog to talk because we don't have danny here uh but uh we're going to jump into the news where we're going to talk about some pioneer leaks uh card conditioning standards have been raised at tcg player uh, Pioneer potentially coming to Arena and Streets of New Capenna stuff going on. After the news, going to jump into the Conjured Currency section where we talk about cards and their price trends. After that, going to go close off with a thought cast and talk about one of two topics here, uh, seeing what happens when we get there. And then after that, y'all can go home. All right, yeah. So, singing as the salt report has been moved over to Nomad, hit us up with that salt report. Okay, so. <laughs> I played in the arena open this weekend. First thing Saturday morning, and it was uh, the best twenty-five thousand gold I ever spent, going zero three and one. Beautiful. On the draw every game, except for the draw, and it was uh, well. So I go by the. Um, Acronym Keto. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So you're going to go kill spells, efficient creatures. I forget what T is. That's your... Heh, so I forgot. Anyway, and then O is other. So I had zero... I had... I wouldn't say zero. I had three removal spells in my whole draw. Okay. Uh, green, black, and red. So I started out green, black, and red. Or no, sorry. Green, white, and red. So I started out... Green, white, and red got totally pounded in by uh, white, green in every game. It was the uh, the enchantments, the enchantments, and the enchantment creatures in this set. They do seem pretty potent. The, yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk about some of those or. Hey, this is your salt report. You you go on <laughs> with it. Uh, if you if you're getting smacked by some, what is that? Uh, yeah naturalist whatever jukai naturalist well michiko's reign of truth so they're putting one 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 you know one one counters on their creatures right away another one that was in my list was well if uh most of my games ended like game uh turn six they were able to remove all my creatures and then they just had too many modified creatures that they just Grounding the dust, uh, refending the moths, very good uh, enchantment or uh, saga. So 
number one and two, the plus one, plus one counters and flying till end of turn. So if you have limited flyers, their stuff's getting bigger and it's flying over your stuff. You know, then all these creatures, all these uh, sagas become, you know, that one in particular becomes a 2-4 flyer. Uh, that was the way to go. I think if I uh, would have had a, a, some better packs, I probably would have done a little better. The last time I played in one, I went in a limited event, I went 7-1. and one. That was during Midnight Hunt, and I basically got a Demir preconstructed deck. Uh, it was an easy button for that. And the only time I, you know, I, like I said, seven and one, the one I lost was because I couldn't draw land. That gets everybody. That gets everybody. I mean, you can't draw your land. Yeah. This, yeah, this set, I think if you're going to play limited, I, I don't know if white green is that strong, but it seems to be in this set. The, the, the fact that a lot of the white green stuff is like these sagas that turn into creatures just make it. I don't know, very useful because they're now doing a spell effect, but then you get a body at the end of it. And in limited, it's slow enough to where it's like the three turns to get the body. It's not that hard. And with uh, befriending the moths, that turns into a two, four flyer, or is it a two, three flyer? Two, four. Two, four flyer. Two. That thing bodies so much stuff. And it's three. I mean, you're paying four. Oh, is it four? I thought it was three, but okay. I think it's three and a white. Okay. Still, it's getting a lot of things through for you, including itself, and pumping them. Seems really good. Yeah, so you're getting two plus plus one plus one counters and a two four at the end of it. That's good value for four mana. And then, all the modified creatures like what's that rabbit one? <clears throat> rabbit battery. Yeah, yeah. rabbit battery. Rabbit. That one seems like it would, <clears throat> if that's uncommon, right? And opening that like that just like hard mm -hmm. hard chews you into just like an agro strategy right there and that 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 one seems like a house all the reconfigure one because it's like they can survive removal if you uh reconfigure it onto a creature and so it's like their premium removal what's that black one that uh oh they got the one that's reduced by two if you have an enchantment or an artifact that just destroys a creature and stuff like that but you know like the the artifact creatures just can swerve the removal and stuff because of that and it allows i guess for longer games yeah i was prepared for mid-range i was definitely not prepared for that um i don't know if you're familiar with the uh Udama of the west tree oh yeah two and a green oh, yeah. two and a green so now you have all these modified creatures and you're you're basically throwing lands everywhere yeah, because if they make so that good. connection, any of them make that connection, each one of them that makes a connection, you get to go get a land, so basic land, which in a limited format is what you're going to have the most of. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway, I've been uh, messing around with the Constructed, with uh, with that, the Kodama of the West Tree with uh, Feldspar, Feldar Retreat. Oh. So every get, time you play a land, it gives kiddies. a plus one, plus one, and then it just goes on and on, and... That's pretty. Delicious. I tried to play the um, the shroot farms bug. Oh, the scoot swarm. Scoot swarm. Yeah, so you get them deck. out. Yeah, then you play lands. You're building. I've been playing with that, but that's uh, it's a fast format. Alchemy is a fast format. 
But but this is like Feldar Retreat is four mana. Like that's the high end. Like Kadama's three. It's two and a green, and and so is your shoot. Oh, shoot is three too. So yeah, you gotta like space that out. But I mean, hmm. I don't know. At the same time, like sitting and think about it, you play. You know, hypothetically, you've got as much of a god hand for that one as you can. You know, mm-hmm. get scooed out on three, so that way you're hitting those landfall effects right away. Maybe and if you had the retreat um, out and then get the Kadama of the West Tree, I mean, then you could, as long as you're not messed with just like any other game, I mean, you know, you could start rickrolling pretty quick. And you have to have six land for to get the multiplier effect. Yep. On the uh, on the insect. Which, yeah, if you play the that in the right league. order, then it's... If anything's going according to plan, that should be pretty simple. Yeah. I've had a, I've had a rough go at it because you, you have... Um, so if you have Prosperous Innkeeper on two, and you have, uh, I can't think of the white one that gives you a life when they come in Lunar. Um, oh. He's a one He's a one one for one white. Lunar Celebrant? No. Mm. No, the one that can uh, disturb to become a one one flyer that gives you life when creatures uh, go, to the bat- go to the graveyard. Yeah, it's the reverse uh, Soul Sister that came out mm-hmm. in yeah, Crimson yeah, Vow. Okay. Yeah, so you put him out one white, and then turn two, you're going Prosperous Innkeeper. That's going to ramp you. So now you have three mana. Then you get your Kodama out, but then they exile him, or they destroy him. Black is two, you know, one and a black is going to destroy anything. But you got, uh, if you're playing Alchemy, you still have access to, like, Karametra's Blessing. It gives a creature indestructible and hexproof, and then it gives it. Plus no. two, plus two, and if it's an, if it's a enchanted, 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 or an enchantment creature, yeah, yeah, it's a go. really good protection spell for one for one white, and then that's just like such back turn because you got to make sure <clears> that you have that up. But it's like in control decks, like you're already like casting your stuff a turn later, or because it's like oh, I got to keep this man up to help protect it. So right, our veteran was the one I was thinking of. So how far did you make it in the arena open? Did you play again? It was it just the one time? I, no, I only make a thousand gold a day. I'm not going to spend <laughs> it on that. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to make alchemy their premier format, why not have the open be an alchemy? Why is it limited? I think they're just testing it. Not testing. They're just using all the formats to help like draw in more people, and then they get more analytics on like okay, which one has pulled in the most people? And as Arena mm-hmm. keeps going on, they're going to look at that and be like, okay, Limited did well, or uh, Alchemy did well, and then they just kind of like start putting a rotation in there. Well, day two, do you know what day two was? That, that was traditional draft. Yep. Traditional draft, and you had to win eighth. I saw a few people on Twitter posting up their their wins with their lists and stuff where they're like, can't believe I actually just won uh, $2,500 because that was the prize for yeah. all the arena mm. open winners is $2,500. Which It's yeah. random. There you go. Because too. you're drawing off, you're drawing random cards out of a pack. Yeah, that's, but at, that's a good chance. At the same time, too, I mean, that's the easiest way to level the playing field for anybody. Obviously, there are going to be those people that are better drafters than they are constructed players. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, that is the fairest way because, you know, you're it's in the name of limited. You're limiting a card pool to, okay, what can you do with these resources? So, I, I do don't know. Enough. 
I do enjoy limited a little more just for the the, the even playing field, more evenish playing field than well the more likelihood to be even. I would say because you know, hey, you can still pull that those god rares or those god cards out of a pack, or you can just simply beat the crap out of somebody with a bunch of bears. So a bunch of two twos for two. It's yeah. also going to pull in more people who play a irregularly because um, it's a format where they can just pay and they have all of the same stuff their opponents do instead of bringing, cobbling together some budget deck or something, which I, I get is not really the same thing on Arena, but, you know. It's very true. Uh, people are uh, more, it seems people are more held back more reserved of going into a format where it's like oh this is the guaranteed deck and i don't have wild cards and that's just with the the uh the arena economy of like being able to like make these high power decks without putting hundreds and hundreds of dollars into cracking packs just to like well, get the cards and keep in mind for some people like feel like losing to a deck and then caving building the deck and then um, it getting banned is a real thing that happened quite a lot in the last couple of years, and that probably you know set a lot of people down the path of wanting to play a lot of limited. Just don't have to worry about that at all. Yeah, I wonder if we could like look at the numbers to see like I know limited is always a fun like whether it be uh, sealed or draft. People enjoy doing that uh, sealed more because you know that's like pre release and stuff and. Um, yeah, I wonder. How, I wonder how those those numbers like look in the past few years with all the bannings and stuff. It's like, because you know, people have people have been talking about like, ah, oh, the confidence in these constructed formats are especially standard, standard especially, way lower than typical. And I imagine it took another big hit with alchemy and stuff. But like, just because of all the bans and stuff that were happening, it's like, why do I want to waste the time with this? And it's like, at least with limited, you don't have to worry about a card getting banned. Right. Yeah. Once upon a time, uh, Legacy and Modern had more bannings than more frequent bannings than Standard. So it's just it's a different atmosphere these days. And who knows? Maybe that doesn't affect uh, very many people. Who knows? But like you're saying, it'd be nice to know. Figure out the numbers on stuff like that. Oh, big box stores got to have numbers. I imagine. Imagine Rich also has numbers to see, like how many more draft people he he has coming in same with like josh and stuff it's like oh these drafts are like doing better than previous like i don't think does does paradox run standard still or is it that's saturday night now isn't it tried doing some saturday nights i think we did it for i think we should have done it for a little longer i think we did it for like a month month and a half um and we just didn't get a lot of good attendance uh and i don't think god i think the first one fired but the rest of them didn't even get eight so it was just like, who knows what it is. It's been so long since we were running all events consistently. And, you know, just like basically the the stuff I was talking about was standard with the bannings. Then, obviously, stores shutting down for very little clo- um, in-store play. It could just be a kind of pileup of all those different things we would probably just need to try to just have a consistent night of standard even if people weren't showing up maybe it would be eventually built back up but it's tough to say because there's so many formats in the game there's so many different ways to spend money on the game yeah man this is tonight's already just rounding back to that 
um, so you had posted in the Discord the uh, Rosewater episode about his buffet analogy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's effective. We're already talking about <clears throat> it a lot without even directly saying it, so... I guess I'm unfamiliar myself. Oh, so Mark Rosewater um, wrote an article titled The Big Picture, and then he did one of his Drives to Work podcasts that Matt posted up in our Discord today. Yep. And he the the long and short of it is he talks about how Magic is this all-encompassing game. Basically, it's a game console that you can do different games, so the different formats and everything, and how there's something, there's a little bit of something in Magic for everybody. And he goes, I think the best way to analogize, analogize this is magic is a buffet. We have everything and anything you could want, but not everyone will like it. Not everyone will like the Italian night. Not everyone will like the Mexican night, but we have it all on there. So talks about a lot how diving into the formats and the different game variants from the start of magic back in 93 to how things are now with We've got Legacy, we've got Vintage, we've got Modern, we've got Commander, we've got Popper, we've got Pioneer, we've got Standard, we have Alchemy, we have Paper, we have Computer Magic, and it's just... And even people trying to make formats like Tiny Leaders and, uh, what was that other one? Oathbreaker. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which I gotta build my deck, a new deck for it again, so I think I'm gonna go Golgari for it, so we'll see. Anyway, but... <laughs> No, and just talking about that, and even like within variants of, you know, with Two-Headed Giant, with Emperor, the game where you have your king, your emperor, and then you have the lieutenants on the side. So it's a, it's a team versus team versus more of, it's not as much two-headed because each person's an individual versus two-headed where you're together. But there's just different formats. And then you've got Arch Enemy, you've got Planes Chase, you've got anything and everything and it's just so cool yeah definitely the long and shorts of uh the the buffet analogy the big picture is that wizards is still gonna make uh their goal is to make things that people will love not something that people will just like like uh they're they're aiming for things for more people who love them than the person who hates it like if there's people that if there's like a few people that hate Arch Enemy, uh, just a random example. A few people hate Arch Enemy, but like you have pe- uh, a, a few people that love Arch Enemy, they're going to be more inclined to do Arch Enemy and stuff because they love it. Well, and then he talked about it. T- he talked about it too, where like he talked about feedback in there as well, and going, "I'm going to listen to the people that love a certain thing more because they're going to have more constructive feedback than." If we use Danny as the example, fuck blue. <laughs> yeah. He's going to listen to Matt more going, dude, I love playing blue. Here's what I love about it. Here's, you know, maybe here's some things that I can, we could improve with blue, but he's not going to listen to Danny because Danny hates blue. There we go, Danny. I know you're not listening to this, but. Dude, I, I love the hating blue argument. It's awesome. I, I mean, I kind of get it. But a lot of the time that things get countered, they would have just died to a Doom Blade and it would have not really been different. Yeah, it's just like, like in the order of how it is, it's kind of just like, I'm just doing it in the way that I can do it. It's like if it's on the field, it's like... Like a doubling season, for example. It coming into play and then someone being like, blah, blah, in response to something else happening, blow it up. Like, it's literally a counterspell. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the difference, the argument there is 
Well, at least your stuff got to get out and you got to play it. But I mean, did I, you play it though? You there's the <laughs> potential where you like if it's on the field, like using doubling season, maybe you have some kind of a some kind of a a way for you to in response and still get to utilize it like doubling season. Maybe I have, you know, March of the Multitude. Okay, cool. That's an instant spell where I can at least make 20 tokens. Or even if we refer back to Saturday's game with all of us, with Christian, Leyline of Anticipation. Okay, cool. Yeah, Matt, at the end of your turn, I'm going to play an Avenger of Zendikar. Oh, yeah, by the way, I have triple triggers on that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Rite of Replication it so I get triple triggers again. Good God. And and then I had a... um, Oh, what it, one of the sacrifice land go find more lands in, on my field, and then it just would have been okay. Cool. Oh yeah. And by the way, yeah, I'm gonna swing the shit out of you. Yeah, enough to kill us. Enough to kill us. That. Th- thank you for that uh, salt report reminder there. Hey, anytime. Hmm. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, had another salt report on Sunday. Christian Wait. said that will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Had another salt report on Sunday. I was playing Magic with uh, oh, yeah. Jason Ashcraft of Planeswalker and two other people that are into Magic that are in bands as well. Uh, Stevie of Inferi, which is a melodic death metal band. And they are... Have, have you heard of Inferi? I know you like uh, metal and stuff. Uh, I've not heard of them. I will have to... Uh, after this, I'll play them for you because they got like... They, a couple of their albums are like based on like Dante's Inferno and like Lovecraftian uh stylings and stuff they're really fucking good first time i heard of them but anyways lost to stevie uh the the singer of in uh in fury d- with uh grolnock thassa's oracle <laughs> but he didn't do thassa's oracle he had oh, uh jason frog? yeah the frog where you put everything into the croak zone it seems really good that thing is really fucking good I tried to I tried to win a counter war with it because he was getting closer to the end of his deck and I had uh, a winds winds of abandoned in my hand and I had alchemist refuge that I could use to make it flash and I was going to overload it to get rid of his whole board because he had a uh, Grolnock and like a, a bunch of other stuff that doesn't matter the fact that Grolnock was on the field was the problem uh, because he could cast things from the yeah. from the croak zone and stuff. Well, Nomad, do you got any more for your salt report with the arena open? Oh, I think that's about it. Well, heck yeah, man. You actually kind of covered one of the things I was going to talk about, which was the arena open, so I just took it out of our show notes. But, all right, so some event results we've got going on. So we have Neon Dynasty Championship qualifiers. We've been doing kind of the, you know, summary of the decks and kind of the most played cards and stuff like that. And the the way we've been doing that event results seems to have been working. So here we go. We've got a summary of the decks. So this was a standard event. So, you know, no mod, I'm sure you can kind of attest to some of the stuff that you've been seeing in standard when you play arena. But the top spot for the deck list was actually other. So no specific archetypes to them. This took up about 20% of the whole tournament, and that's 25 of the decks total. And then coming in next with 21 decks at 17-ish percent, because these all have decimals behind them is Jeskai Control, and then Naya Enchantments at 9-ish percent, closer to 10% with 12 of the decks. But then some other notables were Orzhov Midrange, Esper Control, which is actually more of an Esper Planeswalker deck, and then, of course, Mono Green and some Mono White Aggro. 
The top played cards we've got it were wedding announcements. There was 154 copies, so it was in 32% of the decks. And then wa- the Wandering Emperor, 144 copies, 42% of the decks. Goldspan Dragon, 119 copies, 25% of the decks. And Luminarch Aspirate at 116 copies, 24% of the decks. And then, it, as if you could be surprised with some of our top creatures, Goldspan Dragon and Luminarch Aspirant at those same numbers at the top two spots. And then we have iTwitch at 83 copies with 18% of the decks and Legion Angel with 83 copies, 25% of the decks. So they're spreading those cards out a little bit more than the iTwitches. But yeah, so it looks like, you know, some fun decks coming out of there and actually found an article talking about Standard a little bit. Um, Even though I don't play Standard all that much, uh, this comes from MTG Rocks, and if Matt's internet would load up a little bit faster, there we go. So three new decks to spicy new standard decks to dominate the ladder, of which two of them, actually all three of them, I mentioned. So Naya Enchantments, Jeskai Control, and Esper Control or Esper Planeswalkers. So we, I will have Matt link that one for that article in the show notes. So if you are a standard player among us, you can go ahead and take a look at those and see maybe that's a new deck you want to build on there or do find your own variation of it. But we've got some upcoming events that I want to talk about. So Alex, it's really fun that you're actually here for this one. So Paradox, one of our local game stores here, they're coming back with what they call Crazy 8. So we've got eight tournaments that are going to be coming up on eight different Saturdays and times will vary, prices will vary. I will, again, have Matt put the link for this one in the show notes so you can go find all the events yourself. But it will all begin on March 19th and taking this one straight from the website. In the heart of the madness, chaos, to be more precise. From there, we've got two months of insanity planned. Every event will have its own entry fee and prizes, just like I said. Win one of those events, though, and you earn a seat at the final table. There's eight seats to be claimed. And each one of those comes complete with one of only eight exclusive playmats that they have pictured up on the Facebook event and the website. And let me tell you, these playmats look hella sweet. Indeed. And then if you get there, you will face your greatest challenge of all, an event shrouded in mystery, impossible to prepare for. Everything you will need will be provided. And you just have to, and you will play for first, second, and third place trophies. So jumping into dates, I will do the dates, the format, and the time for these events. But like I said, make sure to go to the link so that way you can get all the specifics on an event if you hear one that intrigues your interest. So the first one coming out of the gate, we've got a chaos draft. So you get to grab a couple of different packs of any cards and put them into a standard draft. And that one will start up on... 12 noon on March 19th at Paradox. Then jumping one week in the future on March 26th, we've got a modern event constructed at 1 p.m. And then jumping over to April 2nd, a Modern Horizons 2 two-headed giant at 12 p.m. noon. April 9th, Popper at 1 p.m. And then we're going to take a week off for Easter weekend on the April 16th weekend. 
but then jumping right into April 23rd, a Commander Legends Booster Draft at noon, which honestly, that one I think I'm going to make sure I'm at. But then we've got April 30th, Streets of New Capenna pre-release weekend, so no Crazy 8 event. And then May 7th, Streets of New Capenna sealed and a top 8. And then May 13th, F&M Last Chance Qualifier, and then, Alex, you might know this on the event page. It said 8 a.m. Is that accurate? I do not know that, actually. Okay. So then make sure to jump over to that just to make sure if there might have been a mistyping. I don't think there is, though. Rich is normally pretty good about making sure those are set up at the right time and there aren't errors in the events. If there was an error, it would usually be like 11 instead of noon or something. Eight's very different so that's more our normal event times so i would hope that that is <laughs> well there we go correct time. <laughs> so uh, but either way still make sure you're paying attention to those events and then so that is the last chance and then may 14th that is when the final eight meet up in this mysterious event at 8 a.m again so there we go that is awesome and the next one actually is a little bit closer to us, um, but will allow for all of our fans to participate in. Uh, no modifier on a on our Discord decided to throw his gauntlet down and say, "You know what? I'm making an event." And luckily, we have him here to talk about it. So, no modifier. Why don't you give us a little breakdown on what your requirements and expectations are? for this This Week in MTG Discord event. Thank you, Big G. Um, so what drew me to this podcast is the sense of community that you guys have. It's not like just like these friends that are just doing a podcast and you really make um, people feel a part of it. Uh, you even let me win my first ever Commander game. <laughs> uh, you might so, want to turn your mic back on, Mike. I do want to turn my mic back on. So I decided that I was going to sponsor a tournament and I figured the way we could do it with everyone around the world of this international audience you have, Matt. Yeah, um, international. Oof, international. So blows my mind. <laughs> so what I went out and done is bought uh, some draft boosters. We're going to get a minimum of eight people. Uh, max is 16 because we're going to run on a companion app. So you have to be a member of the Discord, number one. Number two, have a valid Wizards account, which you do if you're in an arena, right? And uh, a companion app. Or I, is that on the computer? I'm not sure. Uh, no, the companion app would just be an app, and you actually need a Wizards account for that too. So, Which would be the same as your arena. Exactly. All right. And then so that you're saying, okay, well, what format are we playing? We're going to play... Totally open. So you're gonna when you build your deck, you're gonna set you select direct game. This lets you use any card ever from arena. We're gonna play obviously on arena, and the deadline is gonna be at the end of the next live podcast, March seventh. We'll see if we can get at least eight, uh, at least eight people. So the prizes are gonna be the first place gets their choice of the selected boosters they get four of them and their choice second place gets the next three picks 
And then third place will just get two boosters, whatever's left over. But you need to join the Discord to see the prizes. And the code for the companion app, so that way you can get and, in on the tournament. Yes. Uh, shameless plug for Discord there. All right, okay. So I'm going to mention this. I'm going to mention this. I am very excited for uh, for uh, Nomad trying to do something like this. So I'm also going to throw some packs into the ring. I'm going to do the same amount of packs. Wow. So doubling that as well. And these are not so going to be they're not going to be like the eight, same packs. Six and four. Yes. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's make it really interesting. Oh, I'll match it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so you guys are nuts. I will match what no modifier put up first. So I'll go get some packs from wow. one of our LGSs to make sure that we, like this. we're good to go here. We got a tantalizer. I like to see this be a quarterly thing. We can make this. You'll be the unofficial spring champion of this week in MTG. Ooh. Oh damn! Now now we got to make trophies. We could do it every quarter if it's good. I know a guy. I know a guy. If no, this disintegrates yeah. into a uh, band orgy of Elrond's epiphany, then I probably won't do it again. Because <laughs> right now, when you do direct game, there's the band list doesn't work. Oak goes banned. Whatever's banned, banned, you can't use. But you can use the other banned or restricted cards. So let's, let's have fun. Let's do I this. I want to see the, the top four just be all blue decks. Oh, hell no. I'm going a Celestia Landfall deck for this one. There we go. I'm going to take some of the cheeky tricks we've already talked about here and apply them to a mm -hmm. deck and see how much I crash and burn. Let's. I figure it would be easiest to do direct game because then there's no hard feelings if anybody tries to sneak something in or, you know, whatever. It's for fun. Oh, yeah. It's for fun. As long as people know ahead of time, then there shouldn't be any issues you know oh yeah if you don't want to salt out then just don't play in a format with no bands i guess exactly and we've got matt you were nice enough to pin all of these i did yes all of these posts that no modifier made on the on the specifically let's go to the channel which one was the it arena yeah chat. the arena chat there we go in the arena chats channel on discord so join the discord check that tab if you want to relook at the information i'll make sure to uh to uh pin uh both uh, big G's and my uh, pack offerings and stuff as well in there, and uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be like pretty legit. I oh was, yeah, I was I'm digging it. I was talking about at the beginning. I might just re-download Arena for this. Well, yeah, we got to find a way to win our own packs back, right? <laughs> well, there's, there's been a couple updates, man. It might work on your phone now. I was about to say, seriously, mine it doesn't get on fire. So, and I think you and I have the same phone. The X and turn off a lot of stuff. Turn off your XS. I know you like your mascot, but turn it off, Matt. <sighs> okay, okay. I guess I can manage that. And I just want to be. Oh well, I want to be clear that everybody that is a Discord member and listener of this podcast is involved. I had factored in that there's international people for when I'm sending out the prizes. So Christian. We'll make sure the packs. Oh, one important point. So one important point. The matches, when you get matched up on companion, you have one week to get a hold of your opponent and play out those matches. So it's kind of more like a league. You won't have, it's not on one certain day. You will have so March eighth, that morning when I start it, you'll have until the next podcast to do your match. We'll do reminders and stuff on the podcast. So there's no excuses. You have you can fit in time 
and if you get if two opponents can find a time to play, it's best of three, and you just the companion app will tell us, and we'll move on. Top four people will be single elimination, well, no. and you don't have to use the same deck every week. Ooh, you're playing that risky business too. There, that seems really good. <laughs> Uh, Nomad too. When we get this, hopefully we get this all cracking. I think I have a funny feeling we will. We won't have a problem getting eight people interested in this, considering at least two are in the room. Well, now that maybe we can get a new Discord member. Maybe just maybe we can get a new Discord member with Alex over here <laughs> to come show all of us up on the mad skills he's hiding behind, all modest like and everything. <laughs> but. Uh, what I was going to say there is maybe in the Discord too, you can post a, uh, because you'll be the tournament organizer on this one. Okay, here are the people. They're playing each other. You can throw a screenshot down. You have until next week to play your match, you know, type of thing. I think I can find time to do that. Bitchin'. If this interests you, go check out the links down below to get in our Discord for all this. Oh, yeah, and this is definitely the shameless plug. Uh, to join the Discord, so that way you can be a part not only of getting to join in on this Discord event, but the wonderful conversations we end up having, you know, talking about music, talking about beer, uh, bourbon, now with Christian being on the Discord. We talk about that quite a bit now. Uh, Different decks that we're building. I know Christian posted up the deck he played on Saturday night going, hey, guys, how can I make this better? Or his commander deck, yeah. Yeah, his commander deck. His commander cantrip deck. Yep. Um. And we, you know, we have a meme page. We have a lot of different stuff. We post and, pictures of animals. Yep, our you, pet pictures. You can make fun of myself and the rest of this this week in MTG cast at our inability to pronounce card names or words in general. Ooh, 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 quick plug <clears> on that. Cough, cough, Chapman. Quick plug on this. We're going to be working at merch here soon, and I love the idea of this bumper sticker. <laughs> I mildly hate it, but <laughs> at the same time, I sit here and laugh, and I got to play the uh, the steer into the skid. Yes, pronouncing card names is not one of my strengths, so, and I need to practice it more so I can get better. So the bumper sticker in question is going to say, I was taught English by Big G. I think there are a few more grammatical incorrectness yeah. to it, but yeah, that boils down to what it is saying. Just like the um, Charlton Heston is my president, bumper sticker would say, Big G is be my English Oh, yeah, there we go. Teacher. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to seriously look at merch here and get some bumper stickers. There we go. All right. So. Definitely, I will rock a fuck blue bumper sticker. <laughs> Best believe it. <laughs> Best believe it. Oh, I'm putting some of those on my computer. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nomad, you got any more details about your event? Oh, any further questions before we start, uh, you can post in the uh, arena chat. Perfect. Channel on Discord. All right, let's get moving along here. We don't have too much information on this next one, but um, within our friend group chat, one of our buddies posted that the NRG Series 2022 posted some of their dates. So as these come closer, we will give more details as they are available to us. But for those of you in the tri-state area, this is going to be our milk and butter here, folks. May 21st through the 22nd, Minneapolis, Minnesota. June 11th through the 12th, Langsing, Michigan. July 30th through the 31st, Chicago, Illinois area. And August 27th through the 28th, 
They're going to be in St. Louis, Missouri. So like I said, as those events get closer to it, we will cover it for you to give you all the details we can find for them and that are presented to the general public. But that wraps up the future events. Like we said, there is no blogatog coming for you because we are honoring Danny not being here by not having a blogatog in his honor. It is our pour one out for the homies. Yeah, poor type of thing. Uh, just a quick note, poor Danny. He he's in crunch time right now at his work. So Jesus. apparently yesterday he worked 14 hours to try and get a project done and it's due tomorrow at 8 a.m. And so he he's doing life right now, so if, if y'all could just pour one out for him. Not pour one out. Pour one into your gullet for him. Hell yeah. There we go. Here's to Danny. There we go. To Danny. Clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink. All right. Poor bastard. No shit, right? <laughs> We're sitting here drinking, talking magic, hanging out with Alex, and he's missing out on all of it. Yeah, he's losing his mind. Right? He's like, fuck this. Yeah, broadcast. he just got home when we started the live broadcast. So. <laughs> so. This is an article from Star City Games. We have potential first images of the Pioneer Challenger decks for 2022. So we just had some Pioneer Challenger decks that dropped, God, what was it? September? That had the the auras, the uh, the Lotus Field. Deck. Was that the Lotus Field that was the omniscience one? I think so, yeah. Then Mono there was... Red. Yeah. Mono red with soul scar mages. And a Demir control with the No, that was the standard one that had the Demir control with the the dragon from AFR. What else do they have? They try to balance the colors out usually pretty well. It was band, red. But they had that come out uh around September of this last year. We got some new ones potentially coming out here. According to a redditor, uh not my real name posted some images and of the decks we're gonna have uh potentially an azorius and soul artifact deck some of the cards that were shown would be the black staff of Waterdeep, lurse of the dream den and in soul artifact then there is four color combo with uh jingantha as the companion and this is uh looks like a jeskai ascendancy style collected company deck here one that I'm actually kind of excited for is the the next one is a Nea uh, Winota deck, which has the werewolf the the werewolf Winota pioneer deck, which I just love that deck being able to you know it's humans and werewolves and they just synergize off each other to 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 flip with Winota and Winota just makes them indestructible coming in and attacking. So yeah, that I I, I like that. So that's going to be a deck that you could uh, possibly buy. And then the final deck is a Rakdos Sacrifice deck with uh, Mayhem Devil, Polis the Citadel, Cauldron Familiar. That whole thing. But uh, the, these Challenger decks, really hype. Uh, two, two things of note. This is going to be uh, a second reprint of the corrected companion text for Luris, Yep. where you pay the three, put it in your hand. Because in the original Auras deck, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have that as the, there's only the one Lurus. Now there'll be two. Now this is going to be the second time of a companion with Jingantha having the corrected companion text now. Hmm. So uh, on the finance side, that could be noteworthy. I actually haven't looked if there's any like difference in price between the original Akoria Lurus right now and the pioneer uh auras 
Luris. Ooh, I suppose that would be something to look at. Yeah, because it's it has the corrected the the corrected oh, text. How many of them are in the deck? There's only the one Luris because it's your companion in there. Oh, okay, it's the companion. Gotcha. Wonder, I want to. I almost would wonder how much of a difference that would have. Kind of like thinking about like you know the the list versions of cards versus the regular ones, or even the like. Or would it be closer to maybe the Planeswalker stamp version yeah. of things? The list, it kind of... I don't know really what the rhyme or reason is, but like I looked at Thrumming Stone yesterday, and it's literally almost identical price for the regular one and the list version. They're, they're both like $50. But then there is somewhere... I, don't, I can't even think of a good one off the top of my head, but... You're totally right. There's some that are very... There's like different a price. couple... There's variations of like sense difference couple buck difference and then there's a few that i think you and i talked about the last time i stopped in docks that there's like a 10 15 dollar difference but and the list one being the more expensive all because of the planeswalker stamp in the bottom left yeah it's just weird like i mean everybody's got what they like i i personally don't like the little stamp it's not that i wouldn't buy a card if i if it was my only choice if it had that but it would always be my second choice well, I don't know for me, sometimes I go with the more price-effective option for a card. Yeah. Which, you know, oh, hey, cool. The You know, thinking about the Shocklands. Yeah, it would be super cool to get those original art ones. But you know what? The newest ones out of Ravnica Allegiance do the exact same thing, and I'm able to probably get four copies at the same price as the old one. So. Yeah, it's those ones are... At least twice the price most of the time. And then you got like uh, a 10x multiplier on the foils for those. I think those foils have got to be absurd. The foil steam vents is like 500 and something dollars, like 550. I'm almost surprised it's not higher. (laughs) It's nuts. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, next up in the news, this one I'm excited about. We got TCG Player unveils an industry-leading card conditioning standard. This one comes from uh, the website prnewswire.com. And so um, TCG Player is the online platform to be purchasing cards. Uh, Today, as of today, Monday, the 28th, they announced that they are launched uh, after they that they're changing their authentication process. So not like, not like slabbing cards, but like near mint mint and all this stuff. So they're, they're changing their standard of different, different things. So, uh, but approximately they are improving their training conditions to make sure that you know, one of the biggest things like online is you saw a lot of people like, Oh, I'm getting these near mint cards they're they're labeled near mint. The the, the the biggest one was for foils, <laughs> near mint foil, but it's curled, and so now there's going to be a, a separate. Uh, their adjusting of the grading is also now going to look at the foiling process of the curled cards that we have been receiving for the past I don't two know years. If I even like that. Like I get it, but it's just like, what if you mail the card and it curls because of the conditions of the environment? I don't know. That that sounds a little dangerous. <laughs> and, and this is just TCG like, standards still. Um, they were talking about as well, it's like, you know, with their TCG Direct, that they hope that all their direct sellers that they have will uh, be adhering to this increased uh, 
uh, scrutiny, not scrutiny. It's funny. I I ordered something off TCG not recent, not too recent, or fairly recently. And uh, what was it? it was a an, an extended art foil dream root cascade and the the mirroring dragon, same thing, or the mythic dragon, the four drop from Crimson Vow. Yeah. Yeah. So. They both came with like a, first of all, they came in like an envelope with, I think, like a soft sleeve, like an actual, like a, like an envelope, not like a. Just a plain white envelope? Yes. So this wasn't TCG Direct? It was TCG Direct. This is why I was so mad about it. Oh, shit. Because we have sent stuff through TCG Direct and we've had our penny card sent back for not being in good enough condition. It's like as if it's not bad enough, it's already a penny card. But. Then they send me from TCG Correct, uh, Direct that uh, the first batch had like a, it's like it got caught in a machine or something. There's a little crimp in the bottom right on both of them. And the second time they came in, they're really close to near mint, but yeah, it's just, they're very, yeah, one of them had a print line and it's just like, I mean, is this, <laughs> is this something I can get refunded for? I don't know. So anyways... The problem is they the direct system should not include near mint rare cards in my opinion. Uh, not near mint rare, near mint cards that are really hard, like foils, like a extended art foil of something in near mint shouldn't even be an option on DCG Direct in my opinion, because they have to have a warehouse. Because you know how direct works. Yeah, they just have all the cards in a warehouse. Like people so send them in and stuff, and then they're supposed to just have like how many Dreamroot Cascade extended art foils just at the ready. Like that can't be that that are near mint, you know. Like that can't be as easy as one would hope, right? And so to me, they're sending their best best that they can do, but some of the things are probably I don't know. In my opinion, that would be for the best because the curled thing. Like, every card curls now. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, what are we supposed to do about it? Like, it's just like, you're just like printing cards I can't sell? Like, that's... Well, even too, like, thinking about even before the prangling, we'll call it. I mean, I mean, foils curled a little bit. Yeah. Unless you sleeved them up and, you know, put them in a tight, properly properly conditioned place. Because, like, I look back to some of my... Very early, I got foils from, like, Shards of Alara. And, I mean, not to the same extent, like, that Commander Legends has or anything around that time frame. But, I mean, there's some curling. It's going to happen even to normal cards every now and then, but it's more noticeable with the foils. So. Yes. So, I'm not saying that's not a... I want people to get cards that are in the condition they want. But if you want a foil and you don't want a Pringle, that's like, okay... You're you're honestly kind of asking for a little bit much in terms of what is actually real for the world of conditions. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not really the player's fault that often that or whoever owns the card. Sometimes maybe they don't take care of it as much as they could, but it's you know it's it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, sorry I kind of derailed the. No, no, that's exactly no. what we're supposed to do here. That's this weekend <laughs> MTG, Alex. Cool. You're yeah, a perfect da- fit da- for this. Danny <laughs> would be sitting here just like cringing at himself <laughs> as he plays Candy Crush going, oh God, one of these bastards going to be done. Fuck Christ. I want to go home. Fuck Blue. No, 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 So one of my, from, from my understanding of reading this article, highly recommend uh, reading it yourself. But it seems like 
the curled foils are no longer going to be like near mint graded and stuff. So it's not like they're saying, oh, curled foils are going to be near mints. They're going to be uh, light but, play or heavy yeah. played. And but stuff. what if they are? The problem is you can undo it. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's not the same thing as a print line. Like I can't do anything about that. And I don't expect somebody to want it as much as a regular one. It could be less, right? But it's just like I could sell it as a di- at a discount because it's light play because it's curled, and then you could uncurl it and then like resell but at the, it. Like, at I the same know. time, I maybe mean that's that's, that's a maybe a maybe that's a good way to like there isn't too there is a difference between you know near mint and light played damaged pricing. I mean, especially look at like. OG revised yeah. dual lands. Anything, anything. The older you go back, further you go back. Yeah. The more condition matters. But at the same time, I mean, hey, if they're gonna they're gonna make this bed, they get to sleep in it, where they can do something like that when it comes to the curls and go, cool, yeah, I'll take a two dollar discount on a card that I want in foil, but it's gonna most likely have curl to it and that's why the adjusted price is going to happen hopefully i mean i'm sure they won't notate whether or not it's a a print line or a curl that you're going to get but if it's a curl yeah you can easily sit there and go okay cool i'm going to double sleeve and then i'm going to put it in a hard case and then i'm going to do some maybe some of these home remedies to fix that yeah and yeah i mean if that's the bed they're going to make i mean let them sleep in it and let some of us maybe get our foils at a discounted price. Heck, maybe it'll it'll uh, make an industry out of deep ringling cards. Hopefully, maybe some guy that buys cards to deep ringle them and then resell them. That's one thing I was I was thinking for like <laughs> refurbished. Really thinking the last few weeks is like, is there going to be a person that comes up with like a, a humidifier box of sorts or whatever that can like get the curl out of there, and then if you get it in a sleeve, then soon enough. It'll help keep it straight because I do remember there was this person on Reddit that had multiple photos of showing uh, how bad the curling happened to cards out of a Commander Legends pack, uh, multiple Commander Legends pack, of putting them into uh, a perfect fit, a penny sleeve, a perfect fit, an ultra pro, and then a perfect fit, and then a hard sleeve. And it's like you can see that putting them in the sleeve does reduce the curl. Like it's not as... Egregious. I mean, the the penny sleeve and stuff that like and stuff. Yeah. But the fact is, like sleeves do help lessen the curl out of pack. So it's like, is there going to be some person that comes up with uh, an invention, a, a little project of where it's like, I don't know if you need like humidity to help straighten it out. Like that's the first thing that comes to my head. I am not, I'm not a scientist when it comes to shit like this. But apparently, it has to do with which way it's bending. If the person who was talking to me about this like a week ago is correct, if it's bending such that the image of the card is bending toward you, which is usually rarer, apparently that means there's not enough moisture in the card. But if it's bending backwards, which is what you normally see, there's too much moisture in the card. Uh, is what, the, I, again, I I don't know the validity of that, but I, I guess it could make sense. Yeah, I'm not. I'm also, not. I wanted to uh, bring up my, what I call Pringle weaving. Uh, which is a way to deep wrinkle cards that anybody can do in the safety of their own home. Um, How many chemicals do I truly need, though? You need literally every chemical. All right, cool. Go on. Um, So you take two magic cards, preferably sleeved, obviously, so they reduce chances of scratchy scratches and stuff, But so they pringle, right? 
So what you want to do is you want to face them, you want to have them face each other, and you want to alternate them so that there's two cards facing each other, like two parentheses. You know, so so ha- like, have the arcs and then yeah. have the points. Because if you have a thousand cards in a row and you try and compress them, they're all helping each other bend. And eventually there's like a certain level of flatness you can't get them to be. Oh, but if you I know something I need other, to do with my foil box. Okay, if this works. Thank you. Yeah, and, and so you, you alter it so that they're pringling towards each other and then the next ones will be against each other like that and it'll alter like that. And then you just, just what you do is you get two things, like two dividers would be best, put those on either side, and then you start packing it full of maybe a bunch of basic lands or something until it gets super tight. Okay. And that's my preferred method for trying to de-pringle cards. And 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 what's the the success rate that you've had with this so far? It, it does more than nothing, but without doing something to dehumidify or to like pull out a little bit of moisture. Which rechargeable fil- silica gel packets is your best bet. I've heard that. people talk about that recently too. Yep. Those things are nice because uh, you can just microwave them and it'll re- remove the moisture from them, so they can absorb more. Um, so these are like you, the packs that you can get from like shoe boxes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, but you, you just, can actually just go on like. What Amazon or whatever, and buy um, refillable or rechargeable sil- silica gel. Okay. Um, but yeah, doing that combined with the silica gel should do something. So yeah. I'm going to give this a shot. I got a fat pack of curled foils and stuff, and it's like, it's sad to look at them, and it's like, I'd love to play with this uh, Master of uh, Master of Death, not Master of Death, uh, this is a rail card for Modern Horizons too, but like, but it's so curled and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like these other cards from Keldheim, and it's like, oh no, they're curled as well too. And you just, you just feel bad about it. I have a commander deck that has very basically no foils in it, and yeah, I had a Lord Ringrace in there, and I just took it out because it's so bent. I got my Verena deck. I had to take out my Wilhelm the Rock Cleave in there because it's so curled. And I put in, uh, I just put in like one of those uh, marked cards from original Innistrad. Nice. I'm like, so, it, and it's not foiled. So it's like, fits in there. And it's like, you don't get that weird space with a foil card in your commander deck. And it's, uh, but I feel bad just seeing Wil, uh, Wilhelm just on the side, not in, not in the deck. But I'm definitely going to be giving this a shot. Nice. All right, cool. Do I get the next one? You get the next one. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not too much to this one yet. So we've been talking about it, and luckily, as Matt pointed out in our Discord, <clears throat> shameless plug, join the Discord. <laughs> um, we kind of talked about uh, Tellurian Community College, or you know, the professor, um, making a couple of videos recently. Uh, they're both about one-minute videos. He did a teaser one. Basically going through the library saying, oh, something's coming. And then he made another minute one talking about um, he's going to be doing a Kickstarter. And as of right now, the information that we have, it sounds like it's going to be a deck box that is made by his design. But um, if you if you are listening to this either live cast or even when we send out the recorded edited version, we won't have specific details until after March 15th. I do have an official press release from GameGenic, though. Ooh, what do we got? Official press release. This came out today, the 28th. So uh, GameGenic and Tellurian Community College announced creative partnership. I'm going to read this verbatim. So GameGenic, the company behind innovative 
Premium Game Accessories and part of Asmodi Group is proud to announce a creative partnership with Tolarian Community College. The partnership centers around the professor's first ever Kickstarter campaign for a brand new and unique deck box. With almost 700,000 subscribers, the YouTube channel Tolarian Community College is the biggest content creator about Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, just to name a few, providing in-depth reviews and insights for almost a decade. Tolarian Community College professor said, After eight years of reviewing Magic the Gathering products and accessories on my YouTube channel, Tolarian Community College, it's time to bring my own deck box to the table. The box of my dreams. I feel the great weight of my supporters trust in me, and I cannot deliver anything less than the very best. Therefore, therefore, I'm very thorough in very thorough in choosing the best partner for this endeavor. Adrian As Adrian Aloso, head of GameGenic, says the professor is known for high standards and expectations for gaming accessories and always has a critical eye on what is put in front of him. This aligns perfectly with our new philosophy, our attention to detail to always provide new, innovative, and premium solutions for gamers around the world. He continues, It's not every day that you get to create a product with such a cornerstone of the TCG community as the professor. We're excited and proud when he first approached us with the project and challenged us to develop something that met all his needs and must-haves. The Kickstarter campaign will start March 15th, 2022, and will end the 14th of April. The professor also made sure to involve the community with different voting throughout the campaign and to include social and stretch goals, lining up a lot of surprises for fans and backers. Uh, check out the campaign here, and there's a link there. Stay tuned for more news. This is the official the official press release of that. Hell yeah. Hook me up with your Discord shenanigans. Oh, look at that. We've already got a new Discord member. He's going to show us up. What's it? What's up in this arena? Oh, there you go, Nomad. I didn't know you were still here. Hell yeah, you're still here. <laughs> of course he's still here. <laughs> well, good deal. More surprised that you didn't comment I'm on I'm listening. That. Very interesting. Nomad is more digital than paper, uh, as, as as he shows. He's, he, he's going to be the arena guy for the podcast. We covered this before. And we're going to cover it some more here in the future. Well, yeah, he's kind of putting his foot in the door here, hosting this arena event. Of course, he's going to be our arena guy. And being digital only, he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about fucking foils. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, while you guys were talking about that, I took my wheel health and just bent them back. That's what I <laughs> That's awesome. All right. It's, 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 New arena feature. So, uh, who prints these? The Germans, right? Whoa, whoa. Shots fired. They Shots I fired. Mean, the foils, they have to turn the grain on the paper. <laughs> hey, hey, we've already. Part of Monday is German, isn't it? We've already joked around with all the recent political stuff going on in the world that Maybe Cri Belgium. Christian needs to give the German government an award <laughs> here that they didn't start World War Three. Right. So let. Let's let's leave them out of this right now as far as the foiling is right. concerned, okay? <laughs> They're 0-2. Let's leave them out of it. <laughs> oh, and I think we've talked about... I know I, we've kind of mildly talked about this with Christian, too. Things are very different as far as, you know, news, history, how things are written between even between Germany and U.S. Just, or at least I know him and I have 
a little bit, especially with oh, this recent stuff. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and another reason to join the Discord, like, uh, I mean, it, it puts a bit on Christian for being I'm pretty sure our only German Discord member, but it's still a very friendly environment and you oh, yeah. learn a lot. <laughs> All right. But let's go ahead and jump into this next news bit for you. Pioneer coming to Arena? Question mark. So a couple of weeks ago, Watsi announced that they were going to be looking at supporting a more true-to-paper non-rotating format on Arena. And we've gotten events now recently like the Blast from the Past midweek event that let players access every standard set from the start of arena. So this goes all the way back to Ikoria. And as of right now, Ixalan. we don't or sorry, Ixalan. Yep, thank you. Ikoria is a you know a little bit further in there. So <laughs> Ixalan, there we go. Um so the project is still in its first steps of testing with the name of quote Project Eternal Format, end quote. And there looks to be another event like the Blast from the Past event coming here in March. And within the article from MTG Rocks, they kind of talk about this could possibly maybe line up with some of these Challenger decks coming out for Pioneer. And maybe that's how they're going to start formatting things in to Arena. So yeah, um, as more information posts up about this, we will obviously cover it on our podcast. So, so... Pioneer on Arena. This is a very big thing. Um, we got to remember that at one of the state of the game announcements, I'm pretty sure over the summer, is because they had Pioneer Master remastered, mastered as a, as a product that they were going to drop, but they actually uh, double backed on that. And they're like, uh, Pioneer is not something in the foreseeable future on Arena at the moment and stuff. So I keep thinking back to that and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, hopefully, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I like, feel like Pioneer would be more likely than Modern or Legacy or Vintage or even full on straight Commander. Because, I mean, you're not adding too much more to what's already existing onto Arena by going back to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys remember, Return to Ravnica is the earliest set you can use for Pioneer, right? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not adding a boatload more, but it is adding more. They've they've definitely shown that they can do stuff like this with Amiket Remastered, and if they do like Remastered for Concept Arc here, Return to Ravnica, uh, Theros, and yeah, yeah, and and, and all that stuff. Over like it's it, it wouldn't be that hard because you know they'd pick the cards that would be the the the, the most popular ones from that set, uh, and kind of like leave the, the 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 more draft chaff back back not on arena and stuff i think it's very doable but with what they got going i don't know maybe now they get, they might be devoting more time more resources to arena and if that's the case then we might see pioneers sooner but i i still think back to that state of the state of arena article where they are saying that it, it wasn't i'm pretty sure it was this last summer where they're like yeah pioneer is not even in our our roadmap anymore and their roadmap typically goes out like a year or two 
speaking of the roadmap, Christian just hooked us up in the Discord. Hey, another shameless plug. Join the Discord because then you can live chat with us while we're on there if you're not watching the Twitch or if you are watching the Twitch and you just want to chat in the Discord. Anyway, <laughs> so um, they've got the coming soon in development and in concept. So the coming soon, uh, uh, according to this roadmap, was the Zendikar Rising rotation of 2020 and then oh, so renewal. two years ago. Yep. So this is the one of the older ones, but then Kaladesh remastered for the mobile and Keldheim for mobile. But then, and those were the coming soon and then in development sections in concept. And this is where maybe they're, hey, it's not in the on the table yet, but it's coming. So we've got historical anthology for the Strixhaven, Playblade rework, deck sharing, and then Pioneer Remaster or Pioneer Masters. Okay, it so, was a master set. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they just throw out all the assets if they put any amounts of work into there. It's like they're not going to be throwing out their Jace Architect of Thoughts <laughs> that they had designed and stuff in for the game if yeah. you know, that's one that's in there. But So, I mean, who knows? But like we said, you know, as more information comes out, we'll cover it more. So this is kind of... I don't know, maybe like a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a, hey, here we go, news bit. But I'm assuming it's more of like clickbait, clickbaity, like, hey, come to our site. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it could our be. article, give us revenue. But I mean, to I'll say this um, just to you know plug a different website. MCG Rocks does come out with some fun articles too. Oh, read. for sure. They're no fun articles. No shade to, to them or anything. Oh, yeah. But, you know, just like, you know, I'm sure we find different ways and or we're going to be eventually finding different ways. Hey, uh, listen to our episode, clickbait type of stuff. Yeah, it, but, if you've seen the titles, some of them are pretty much like that. Last week's, <laughs> last week was, uh, I, I felt a little clickbaity. It was like, uh, what to do to improve the reserve list when we were talking about the oh, NFT yeah. stuff. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, everyone does that kind of stuff. Hey, we want you, there's the attention grabber. And then, hey, cool, listen, read our article, listen to our episode. Maybe we'll have the one bit of information you're looking for, but you got to listen to the whole thing to find us type of thing. But who knows? I mean, there we go. All right. And then the next one, again, this is another really short one for us. Um, just talking about some of the release dates coming up for the next couple of stuff we've got coming out for the Magic World. The Streets of New Capenia and the Modern Legend Battle for Boulder's Gate release dates so one new thing that's coming out for the streets of new capenia release on april 29th of the 2022 year just in case you were even remotely confused if you're listening to this in the future yeah there we go (laughs) (laughs) hey i gotta binge listen to all the this week in mtg they're talking about stuff from the past let's hear what they're talking about the dedication thank you right there we go if you're listening to this anywhere in the future send us a message saying, hey, I listened to this episode in 2026 about an episode from 2022. Where's my pack? There we go. We've got something for four years in the future. We're going to have to, well, yeah, we're going to have to remember this. Write that down. You also have to mention the episode number so that way we know what episode you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, give the timestamp so that way. Show show receipts. Remember, this is episode 127. There we go. Now moving on. So this is going to release, but it's going to have a twist. So Watsi is trying something new with the releases of the set and aligning the digital and tabletop releases. So... 
Those will come out on April 29th. But something that's a little bit different that's changing things up is the first chance you will have to play with these cards isn't going to be digital. So no modifier. You're going to have to go find your local LGS <laughs> and play with these cards in person. Uh, we don't get them on Thursday? And you get them on Friday? So with this one, um, the first chance to play is at pre-release events on April 22nd. So they're, like I said, they're aligning the release of the digital release and the tabletop release on the same date for the actual release date. Unfortunately, though, that's all the information we have on that part. You know, they haven't gone into more specifics yet. I'm sure as we inch closer and closer, we'll get more information from the mothership. But there we go. I bet we get them on the 21st, an update. Mm. Yeah, I, I, let's see. From my understanding of how this is going to work is you're going to have a pre-release event that happens the week before the physical release. During the physical release, the world release of Streets of New Capenna will be the same time Moto and Arena will have their updates so that way you can play with the cards. They uh, this is this is Watsi's attempt to have uh to 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 get tabletop play in the forefront again being a primary way to uh, play the play the new cards first. And if I'm not mistaken, like this is the first time in a long time because the Moto release before Arena came out, Moto still got their releases a week prior. Is that is this correct, Alex? You've I couldn't say to be honest. Okay, but the the the, the fact that it's definitely been a while for sure since Arena has come out at least that it's always been Arena Moto get the cards first so you have a week before the pre-release of where you're playing online with these cards and then you get the pre-release weekend and then you get the release weekend. So it's like 2 weeks before the set officially comes out. So this is like tightening that up and just kind of like reversing it around a little bit. So it, uh I guess this is this is the opinion section from from all of us here and I think this is actually kind of cool. You got a lot of people that are always like, oh, Watsi's trying to kill the LGSs and stuff. They're not giving them much support. But a move like this where it's like, hey, you got to play this new set. Like if you want to play pre-release, like you want to get access to these cards, you can't get them online first. You got to play them at a store. Or if there's like take-home kits that uh, LGS do. Uh, LGS do. I know uh, Paradox is one that does take-home kits still, and uh, J-Dubs does as well. Yeah, and, and especially those bigger communities where parameters for quarantining <coughs> and in-person play are still a little bit higher than what we've got in the smaller communities right. comparatively. So so doing it this way, in to, to, to me, my, my dumb monkey brain sees this as kind of like an olive branch. Be like, hey, Magic players, we actually care about... We gotta remember, like, Watsi's this big fucking ship of a company. Like, they ain't gonna be turning around things quickly. I mean, maybe this is me just, like, giving uh, excuses and stuff for them, but the fact that they're doing something like this, like, this seems like an okay move, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the olive branch, like I was just mentioning, and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you got, like, more in-depth thoughts, Alex, being um, like in the LGS community and stuff. I guess like. I would say what's nice about it is, uh, let's say somebody wanted to just get their magic fix, regardless of what experience it is. Now, if they're happening at the same time, we're more likely to be on the table for their choices. Uh, so I like that. Um, the other thing to me is 
it's good for Watsy for because they don't have to worry about the Omnath thing happening again. Where they like banned Omnath before the set was like even physically released because it was revealed how good it was online. Yep. Which I think Tibble's Trickery is another example of that too. Yep. Take or leave how good that is for anybody else other than Watsy. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not saying that that's like some sinister motive. I wanted it to be like this the whole time because I would prefer that the players who play the most would have less of an advantage for playing a week ahead of time over the people that show up for the pre-release. Um, which is kind of specific, but kind of a neat little thing, I guess. You know, people have to figure out what's good day of. And I mean, even with the spoilers, too, I mean, you don't get to play, but you get to look at the cards and everything, too, and try to figure out, but you don't get that advantage of playing yeah. a week ahead of time. So if we if we go back to a wonderful time of a set called Throne of Eldraine, when everyone was poo-pooing on Oko, being like, it turn it makes you a food? What? Who wants this as a card? And then when you actually were able to play it, it's like, oh shit. This yeah. actually does something. This is that, a fucking a banger. Card. Three mana for six loyalty. Yeah, so I mean it's not six guaranteed. You might use the other ability, but yeah, that's uh yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Just a little, maybe a little bit more than pretty good, like hella good. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe this like changes the uh, the uh, the dynamic of like evaluating or not evaluating. Like you're going to be evaluating the cards the same, but you're you're going to be having the, that access to it in paper first. So like with the Omnath example and stuff, it's like it might take a little while, oh, a little longer, because not only do we know like when you play digitally. Uh, whether it be Moto or Arena, you can get more games in digitally than you can in paper. Uh, this is proven as well for like poker and stuff. You can play multiple hands, get as more more information, get more like you know, get better, quote unquote, better playing more hands digitally than you can like on paper. And like this is uh, a pretty close analogy, not an analogy. Like you could take that to here in this case, and it's like it's going to be slower growing, and it could be better. Uh, for the format, and you won't have pre-banning uh, Omnath and fucking Tibble's trickery. They might still like get banned, that. but there might be get to play them in paper or get stomped by them, and depending on your uh, depending on your pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little, a little more less uh, of the of the butt hurts, maybe. Yeah, you know, well, and stuff. I mean, it's it's going to be kind of this a different version of the same thing. There's still going to be. Oh, I bought this deck and it got banned. I mean, it, right now you could say that it's good because then people don't accidentally buy the Omnath deck. But I, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of angles you could look at that from, I guess. So very much so. Opinion. And opinion. Yeah, I mean, jumping back to the buffet <laughs> analogy, that's kind of why I stick away from the standard side of the buffet because a forty dollar card, as soon as it rotates out, becomes a two dollar card. Yeah, I remember Deathmiss Raptor. Oh, dude, I thirty dollars to like. What? Which one am I thinking of now? Uh, Boys of Resurgence. Even though it's seen a little bit of modern play and everything. Yeah, Jesus hell, that was when I bought. uh, I had only bought in two because I only needed two for the deck I was playing at the time. But I think they were like fifty bucks a pop. They were forty, fifty, yes. Yeah, and and now I've I've been working on cataloging all my rares and like notable cards. And I think those ones, depending on the, like whether or not it's the list version, fucking down to $8. 
If I'm not mistaken, did they get it? They were down to like two for a long time. Yeah, they've got. I think they're like somewhere like six or eight, somewhere Jeez. within that range. They're, they're coming back. They a little see, bit. Look, it's it's uh, obligatory reprint. They yep. they see cyborg play in the current modern elemental style list yep. and stuff for like against the control matchups. But if I'm not mistaken, was that not printed in a master set at a rarity downshift? It was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me check. Oh, modern masters or yeah, modern masters seventeen, I think. Okay, I was going to say Iconic, I but say. Modern Master 17. I could be wrong. I'm just I'm picturing that symbol on that card. But 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 yeah, the overall, I, I think the takeaway here is Watsy's definitely trying different things, and I appreciate the fact that they are like definitely doing the, hey, LGSs, we, we need you. Like this, I mean, I don't think it's they're shouting it to the roof. It's like, LGSs, we need you. It's like, LGSs we see you and stuff and maybe that that that's like the big more of the big takeaway here than you know like playing with omnath before it gets banned but speaking on the voice of resurgency so originally in dragon's maids modern masters 27 both at mythic rare when was the downshift oh, oh wait that's a great question double masters double masters down to a dash. rare oh. It's gotten three prints? Yeah, it's gotten three. Oh. So I might be... I was mistaken maybe with the list version. Maybe I was thinking the Double Masters version. Probably then. I mean, that kind of thing. All right. But tailing off this next one, or this next piece of the same article, they talked about Commander Legends Bol- Battle for Boulder's Gate is slated to release on June 10th, 2022. So, I mean, that's all the information they gave on that Commander really Legends set. So. Oh, uh, and if we're going to be talking about sets, I just feel like uh, we can mention here as well that the Infinity set no longer going to be released on uh, April first. We talked about That's this so like sad. a month April ago. First, yeah, it was going to be good. You have to shift their uh, release date to make it like it was a Friday, which is always their release date. Yep. It's perfect. They they to uh, everything that I've seen so far, there has not been an official date set for it. But it was due to uh, product, uh, it was due to some undisclosed issues. But, but there was uh, speculation and stuff that that uh, is coming with these cards from Infinity uh, falling under. If you don't want to hear this, like skip ahead, maybe like thirty seconds to one minute and stuff. Uh, potential. This is un spoiler un- zone. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Perfect. All right, go ahead. So people online were talking that the reason why this product was delayed is because there's going to be more of the collectible aspect with this, where they're going to have stamped cards like what they did with the uh, Viscera Seer or what they're doing with the neon inked uh, Hidetsugu yeah. and stuff. Like well, this is they're going to amp that up. They're going to be having a different printing style for certain cards in there, and because of that, there's been a delay in the product getting uh, being able to get out in people's hands from April first and stuff because of this. So. That's the that's the speculation, unconfirmed at this point. And as of now, the last that we heard of it was uh, the uh, mothership an, uh, officially announcing that Infinity is not going to get released April first, and it's just going to push back to an undisclosed date in 2022. So, kind of speaking on the funniness side tangent of April first being the perfect date for this. Uh, a buddy of mine a couple of years ago uh, from high school got married, and he announced it on april 1st and a lot of us are like no fucking way no no way no way (laughs) but at the same time a lot of us sat here and went you know what he is the asshole to make us think whether or not he's actually married or not 
and get married on April 1st. All right, let's give it two weeks to see if it's really true. <laughs> and it still is. Mm-hmm. So it it was an actual date, but I think he definitely played the, yeah, let's get married on April 1st for the meme factor on this one. That That is my anniversary. Are you is serious? Really? 20, 20, I don't know. My <laughs> wife's not like 27 years, something. Oh, hell yeah. Well, good news is. April 1st, 94. Oh, hey, congratulations. You're coming up in um in two months. It still oh, blows dude, my mind. Fooled, no, fooled month, everybody month. by singing together this song. <laughs> Got it. You, you know what? This is the long play on the joke there, man. Good on you for keeping it up. It still blows my mind, Nomad, that you uh that that you're of an age that I did not think that you were of. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. the twenty seven years honestly just surprised the hell out of me, man. So Hell yeah, good on you. Well, real quick, you got you got thirty seconds. Tell us, those of us that are married, the longevity secrets of twenty seven <laughs> years. Well, if you spend your time, if both of you spend your time making each other happy, you'll both be happy. There you go. This week Z-P-Z in squeezing. long marriages. Oh, so yeah, many. there we go. Boom. So, so many podcasts. Dude. That one, the 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 ladies will listen to. Hell yeah. Or they won't, and they'll just have their husbands listen to it, and we'll just sit, be sitting here drinking beer and going, you know what my wife said the other day? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you know what my wife said the other day? Ooh. <laughs> you got a lot of shit to do around the house, so get to it. Uh, womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Should we jump into this conjured currency then? Let's jump into the conjured currency section. So. Uh, now that we're in the contra currency section, we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use for this is the amazing site, mtgstocks.com, which comes out with a weekly winner's articles that goes over three to five cards of notes that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. Weekly winner's article drops on Friday. We record on Monday. So if there's any price dis- differences between then and now, we will let you know. So let us jump into this. First up. In the weekly winners, we have Hollowed Haunting, a new card from Crimson Vow. White, white, two, enchantment. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, creatures you control have flying and vigilance. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of spirits you control. This card has jumped up 229%, now chilling around $23.68 as of Friday. Today, Monday, the market value is around $23.23. Average price is getting pretty close to that $28 mark. Uh, so that means you know there's more people online trying to sell for that $28 mark, but people are actually buying around the $23. Foils of Hollowed Haunting going for $39 and a European average of almost $5. Buy them there. This has clearly multiple different printings. You got... Oh my god, the double feature printing of this is like $40. So many different variations of this. The extended art is also almost $40 as well. So, uh, we said one of the key words that caused this card to move up in price. Enchantments. Well, yeah, Kamigawa's got all the sagas, and there's the, the shrine commander. I'm sure Goshintai is probably the main reason. And you definitely call that there. Um with with uh, enchantment support like really getting highlighted here with Kamikawa Neon Destin, uh, Dynasty, 
Anything that has enchantments. And this reads, whenever you cast an enchantment spell, doesn't matter if it's an enchantment creature, doesn't matter if it's a shrine, you're going to be getting that spirit token that's equal to the number of other spirits you control. Like, you don't even need, like, a spirit sub-theme. It's just, like, cast a shrine, get a spirit. There's many different strategies where it's like, oh, just even getting a body along with another spell that I cast is going to be good. So it's moving up in price because you're seeing uh, Goshinta decks, you're seeing uh, Sithis the Harvest Hand decks playing it, and uh, Satsuki the Living Lore as well. There is also a modern list on uh, on MTG stocks right here that has, it does not, it does have it, Hollowed Haunting in here. And this is a modern modern Enchantress style deck with a Satessan Champion, Destiny Spinner, Jukai Naturalist. Jukai Naturalist, a house of a card. The is fact- that the one that's like a cool, it's like a cool, it puts a counter on something whenever you cast an enchantment? No, this just makes enchantments cost one less oh, for two mana. Okay. Because there's one that puts counters on stuff whenever you cast like a spell or something like that. It's not like I'm like too crazy. But it seems like a big jump in power from the last card like it. New, the Naturalist just makes things cheaper, though. I mean, that seems really good. Yeah, any any enchantment. So you got, like... Champion to draw cards. And- your Goshintas are now three mana. Your uh, Sanctum Weavers are now one mana. And then your uh, Solitary Confinement, Hollowed Hauntings go down one mana, which is very effective. But there's a list here if you're interested in looking at an Enchantress modern deck. Uh, it, it it does the Enchantress Modern Deck stuff. And surprisingly, not as expensive yet. Prices have moved up on the Enchantress style deck. According to this link, you could buy the whole deck on TCG Player for around $371. Uh, it is starting to move up more in price, but as we remember, it says uh, enchantments are moving up in price. We got a Mew in the chat saying that Light Paws is probably a, a cause of this too, which is very yeah, true. Light Paws is pretty sweet. Light Paws is so good. There's so many people that are talking about it. Pioneer, uh, Pioneer Auras is uh, a very powerful deck, and they're talking about Light Paws as kind of being like the core spirit dancer for the Pioneer version. And honestly, I wanted to, uh, to talk to JB about this and get his like boggle of, uh, boggle opinion on what uh light pause would do for boggles because there's people that are talking about it like in in like tandem with core spirit dancer like uh usually i i've listened to some modern podcasts where it's like maybe try a 2-2 split so that way it's like you cast an ethereal armor and then you like get a griff's boon or something like but the key point is like you're always going to get an ethereal armor with this with whatever else you're casting i was about to say like the norm the normal build um of like what JB runs, obviously I don't think it would do very good because he's running a lot of multiples of the same ones, same mana costs and everything too. It's it's equal or less to remember. Oh, that, that is right. It, it is. is equal. So or less you can. To. So it's like you cast the ethereal armor on the 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 boggle, and then so people are saying it's like the the, the way that you got to play it is like you cast the ethereal armor on the boggle, and then you get Griff's boon on the light pause and so like light pause is clearly going to be the threat because it keeps putting enchantments out on the battlefield for free so that's going to get targeted first and then you're going to have a griff spoon in your graveyard right then and there from that so it's like two mana get a griff spoon uh right into your graveyard so you can bring it back and stuff and then it helps it, it can like help divert attention so i definitely want to have a conversation with jb specifically about that because he is definitely the boggle player Exactly. So he, yeah, he'd have a lot of good insight. I hope he's been keeping up with stuff too. JB, 
All right. What's that number two? Number two, we have a classic unwinding clock. Four mana artifact from New Phyrexia that reads, untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untap step. This card has jumped up 145%, now around $25.97. Market Max. What was that? For your max. Your max. Your max. <laughs> yep, the yeah, max. Yeah, I suppose. You're tapping your artifact creatures to turn on your max and play that to untap the creatures to defend. Exactly. That is one of the main reasons why this is moving up, yeah, uh, primarily in Commander for stuff. that. So as of today, the market price is around $22. Average price of 28 Foils of uh, Unwinding Clock, which only has a foil from New Phyrexia is about $50 European average. You can get these for around six and a quarter. Uh, it did get reprinted again from commander 2018, which is the one that, uh, Esther, the masked was in, uh, Amantau. Oh, which one would that have been then? Which deck what was the art? Was it? No, it wasn't the Sahili deck that came out with that one, Sahili? right? Sahili? Sahili. No, it would have been the Sahili yeah, deck because yeah, that was the that was the commander. The planeswalker can be yeah, your commander version. Okay, so yeah, that came out in the Sahili Commander eighteen deck, and then it also was reprinted in the list. Uh, unsure of the time, which uh, packs the list that one was printed in, but it is moving up in price as Nomad was saying, due to vehicles. Essentially, this is a seaborne muse for your artifacts, and people appreciate that fact. So it being like a $10 card jumping up to like a plus 20, it makes sense. And artifact cards do have a tendency. Artifact cards with low reprints that do crazy things. Because not only does it untap vehicles, but it can untap artif- uh, your, your, mana your, rocks. Rocks, your mana rocks. And mm. if you go and do uh, Mycosynth Lattice, everything just untaps then at that point. The and other like if, thing too is just uh, artifacts that have no mana or uh, no colored costs um they can go in any commander deck i've noticed that has a huge thing to do with uh how many colors a thing has is like hugely involved with its playability in commander and therefore how expensive it'll be you're i imagine you're going to be seeing a lot more uh, most recent example is you're going to see a lot more people running like uh spring leaf drum instead of the prototype not prototype portal uh moon snare uh prototype which is like the equivalent to or a Jasper Sentinel, which is like the green creature version of it. Yep. yep. So it's moving up in price due to that. And then also, it appeared on the latest episode of Game Nights as well. So as Game Nights do, as Game Nights do, whenever a card kind of gets mentioned there, it does have the the potential to have the Game Nights effect go on with that yep. card. People will take a minute and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a card. And then they start looking at it and... People forget how much power, like not power, influence, influence game nights has over over what magic does. They Definitely, get... dude. I've had a couple couple times where I've I've seen like a similar deck come time like three times in like one week or something like that, or a specific card or two will get asked about. And every, every now and then, I'll ask somebody who's like, "Is this something like you saw in a video or anything like that?" For chance, sometimes the answer is yes. Well, I mean, I'll say this. My Yarrick deck that kicked some ass the other night. I mean, that one, I didn't even think about building until I saw it on the Core Set 21 Commander reveal gameplay of Game Nights. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 
yep, there are some definitely some similarities. I've obviously upgraded it since then, but and I don't have the money to get all of the wonderful OG duels that would make it a little bit better, but at the same time too, that makes it so I'm not CDH levels, but I mean, there are some fun decks that people build on those ones, too. So, oh, No doubt. No doubt. Definitely the content creator effect is real. Um, I'll see certain YouTubers play a deck, and then you'll run into it on Arena. Yeah, no doubt. Th- yeah. Next three, four days. Well, and that just, that just goes to show like the difference of Magic today versus even Magic 10 years ago, back when I started playing. Like, yep, you'd get some deck lists get posted, but it'd be, you know, three weeks after an event versus, hey, cool, this mm-hmm. event happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the, your deck so list. This event is happening now, and these yep. are the decks that are doing well. So, I mean, that's really cool that, I mean, especially for, like, newer players that don't know, hey, what do I build? What's good? Hey, cool, here are some examples. You want to be in Commander? Here you go. Watch I Hate Your Deck. Watch Game Nights. Those are two really good gameplay ones to watch that give you an idea of what the deck can do. Um, but then even there's there's modern, there's standard, there's pioneer, there's everything to watch. Right. Um, one, one thing I want to point out here is uh, MTG Stocks. They have partnered with a app called StreamStage. And what they do is like they monitor what cards are getting played real time in like Arena and Moto and stuff. And you can like see the price trend, or you can see like cards par- popularity moving up in price on those uh, on those sites and stuff. And that can help uh, show that you know if you got uh, Emma Skyward or if you got Aspiring Spike or if you have uh lady danger or mtg nerd girl just like you know they're playing these cards they have very large audiences that follow them on twitch it's like those cards are going to move up in popularity because it's it's showcasing oh cool look at what this uh gold span dragon can do and stuff first thing that popped in my head and it's like oh we're going to be needing this gold span dragon so it's like seeing a person play a deck it is it is the case of like the the net decking but yeah. not not into it. I don't want to say net decking because I feel like net decking has a, a negative connotation around mm, the word and stuff. I know what you mean, but I, it doesn't. I think to. I think it's it changed is. a little bit now too. Like even when we talk about ten years ago, net decking had that a lot of that negativeness to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Whereas now, just because everything's so much at the ready, you can find a deck list. You know, MTG Goldfish. You can click on the meta game. Okay, cool. I want to play this deck. And even on the right-hand side of the screen, it goes, okay, cool. Here's a bunch of different versions of this deck where maybe it's slight differences based off of budget or anything like that, but or even preference because, I mean, using Commander, if it's got green in it, I'm going to play Seedborn Muse because that's that's right. my green pet card and a lot of people's, but I mean... <laughs> Just using that as a very simple example, people have their pet cards they want to play in Magic. Like uh, Videlkin Orrery, going back to the game zone, the commander, or, you know, game night's effect, you know, um, Josh Lee Kwai, that Videlkin Orrery, for the longest time, and it probably still is, and we just haven't seen it show up as much in the gameplay videos because now they're getting more people to come play, so it's not just them playing. That was his pet card. If you didn't see it in a game... It was a rarity because, oh, okay, I'm going to tutor for a card. Yeah, he probably went and got Fidel Canori so he can just play blue style and instant speed magic. Yep. So, 
I mean, everyone's got their pet cards. Everyone's got more ready access to find decks that fill, fit their play style, which it's I a mean, buffet. Oh my gosh, decks. it's like we won't even need to do this thought <laughs> thought cast because we're already talking about one of the topics over and over again we were thinking about. Let's get there quickly here. So next in the weekly winners, we have Kappa Cannoneer, the extended mm-hmm. art specifically. Excuse me, sir. I believe you said Blastoise incorrectly. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Blastoise. <laughs> nice. For blue five, you get an artifact creature turtle warrior with improvise. Turtle so, <laughs> turtle warrior. I'm sorry. It's just it's getting so ridiculous. <laughs> so improvise is you can use artifacts to help pay the colorless cost of the card. It has ward four, so it means if it gets targeted by a spell or ability, counter that spell unless the, the caster pays four mana. And then it reads: Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put. A plus one plus one counter on Kappa Cannoneer, and it can't be blocked this turn. This card has jumped up 145%, now at around $24.97. And this yeah, is the extended good. art version of this, uh, mind you. Uh, right now, a market price is about $16 and an average price of around $18. So the hype hasn't fully caught up with what it was during uh, during Friday. But it is there. And the original printing of it, like the, the non-extended arts, where which can have a foil of it. No, the extended art can also have a foil, but they don't have the foil price on here, which uh, is... No, I think the extended arts don't have the foils. Wait, 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 no, wait. They, no, these are, comma- these are strictly so from the commander deck. Dude. You're giving me... You're triggering me. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sort all because... This stuff. It's like, no. So here's the thing. I think with this one... Like those commander-specific ones that you could get in set boosters or the collector booster packs. Right. So obviously the the extendeds you can get in the collector's ones. Yep. But you can get some of them in the regular printing in the set boosters, but they started doing some of the regular ones in foil. Because I got one of them in foil, and it confused the living hell out of me. Captain Cannoneer? No, uh, a different one. I can't remember. The ones that are in the commander decks will come as extended art in collector boosters. Those I don't think come in foil. Okay, no. okay. So that's no, probably sure why there's no don't. foil price. No, so the Whereas, the regular ones will be in the set boosters, and they there's a small chance they can come as a foil. And I think you can also get a, the foil versions of the regular art, like non-extended, in the collectors as well. Maybe... Yeah, it's super confusing. You have to look it up on TCG Player. Cause, yeah. Because I thought there wasn't extended art foils for the cards that were in the commander decks and there was only extended arts. But maybe it's that there's extended art foils and not regular foils. I think I think it's there's extended art, but they don't come in foils, but there is regular art that come in foils. Okay, okay. That or regular border that come in foils, I should say. This week in Booster Fun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're here to confuse the we living all, shit all out of all of you. Cool, man. I think what the regular listeners want to know is which Teenage Ninja Turtle does he look like. Oh, well, this <laughs> Matt, one. This Matt one is... and Garrett argue for 45 minutes. Go. All right, cool. Well, we'll take this 45-minute argument into 45 seconds. Uh, clearly, it's a blue card, and this no, is... No, no, I know where you're going. Let, it is not. Let me freaking finish, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Table it to next there, week. There is a there is a blue card, <laughs> and clearly he has a cannon on his back. Okay, so he's the precursor to what Donatello becomes. 
Okay, okay. I was getting worried there. I really thought you were going to go down the Leo path, and I'm going to be flipping tables here. Oh, no. The, the the one from the original set is Leonardo, hands down. End the story. Fight me outside. I will outside. fight you again. We will do Fight this. me outside. We will. Uh, we will. This be, one is Donatello. We will be live streaming this on Instagram Reels. <laughs> Watch me get laid out by Big Spo- Spoiler: They didn't actually get the artist from Ninja Turtles to do that, which they did with that with a lot of the other arts in the set. Am yeah. I, am I yeah. not mistaken? Do oh they my. got the Ninja Turtles comics still going? Like they're still making new. Yeah. New comics. The for, last Ronin is a yeah. TMNT book that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, hot take, hot take, future take, secret lair drop. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming soon. I would be happy with that. But it's all going to be the same card, just different variations. So that way, it's a different turtle each time. Well, if that turtle has pupils, it's not any of them. Ooh, oh, valid point. Well, wait a minute. What if we're talking about the Michael Bay versions? Those ones have pupils. <laughs> No, I think we scrubbed turtle that. snob. I think we scrubbed <laughs> the that original that. Eastman and Lard, <laughs> Laird. The originals. More importantly, if they if if they don't if they have pupils, they better have pupils in their mouths as well too. Okay, we're gonna jump into some cheap pickups. <laughs> oh, hold on, okay. we, we 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 didn't cover the reason why Cap Canyon is moving up. Think that because of legacy. And then the turtle has pupils, and you probably think The Walking Dead is a TV show. Uh, the Walking Dead is actually a secret layer product. They are no mod. Get it right. <laughs> it's a comic book. <laughs> secret layer. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. Why? Made, why is this? One, why is this one jumping up? Okay. So right now, well, it's surprising. There's there's always seems to be like uh, a card that really gets the legacy players going, and Kappa Cannoneer has definitely been that card of where they're like, this card is just straight up busted. It's a one-mana 4-4 four, four that, or one-mana 5-5 five, five can, that can uh, clap cheeks, close games very easily in these... It's uninteractable, too. It is. Ward 4. The thing is, Ward 4 is damn near like, you can't target me. And then it gets and unblockable e- from the other artifacts coming into play. Yep. And you got uh, you got mocks coming down, or just like way more uh, zero mana artifacts. Like you could do a Cheerios deck. Could do a Cheerios deck. Um, we had two weeks ago, I think, is when we mentioned the what was that two one for two mana uh, that you could play cards from exile that were discarded this turn. Oh, the it came out in neon automa- automated. It's a two one, yeah, from uh, from Kamigawa. Yeah. That has uh, it has an infinite combo with Lion's Eye Diamond and stuff. So you're just like popping all these artifacts off, making a big, and you can have Kappa Cannoneer out on the battlefield. But typically, like you do that whole synergy uh, with this artifact and Lion's Eye Diamond to discard, be making a bunch of mana, and then you just do like a stupid big walking ballista is how you close that game out there. But with uh, with artifacts and shenanigans and stuff like that, help promote Kappa Cannoneer to just. It, it's just a beat face hard to deal with. Swords to Plowshare is now five mana. And Swords to Plowshare is like the premium removal. They're going to gain a lot of life. Yeah. That's if they can pay the five. Yeah. <laughs> if they can pay the five. Because this thing comes down. Let's see. Uh, do they have a typical turn of how this comes down? Uh, it says here, while looking around about this card, I came across the Thraben University, where Phil is not showing the card itself, but is getting demolished by Kappa Cannoneer in several matchups. 
Uh, it really shows the power of this artifact creature. It's an artifact creature, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm. This creature is so powerful that there's a massive shortage. Oh, that's right. I heard about this, too. There's a massive shortage on Moto. You can only get these ones in treasure chests, and it's oh currently 110 ticks. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, you can only get them in treasure chests right now. They have a list of this eight-cast list with uh, Kappa Cannoneer, Emery, Thought Monitor, Psy. Then you got your Force of Wills, Urza Sagas, Retrofitter Foundry. Yeah, dude, that card is from a commander deck. Um, it was like a two and a half dollar card. I bought one for my Chatterfang deck, and uh, just like one day someone came in to buy some, and that's like what? this is like a thirty dollar card now. Like what? And yeah, apparently you can. There's multiple things it's good with. It's good for like Legacy Ninjas. I think is the key one that yeah. I always think of when it comes to Retrofitter Foundry. That also I heard that it. I, maybe the deck I'm thinking of was like a, the first version of somebody trying to use the deck, and it's like not that anymore. But like you can play Ornithopter with it on turn one yep. and play eight, and then just sack the Ornithopter and turn it into a four four. Which is pretty aggressive. Yeah, a four four on turn one was pretty aggressive. <laughs> so, especially in colorless. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that <laughs> shit. And now it's like you got. <laughs> You got Urza Saga that can uh, help lead up to that. And then you can get your other Ornithopter out on turn three. <laughs> you just go Ancient Tomb, Retrofitter, Retrofitter, Ornithopter, Ornithopter, two four fours. If if I remember how the cards work correctly. Uh, how, how much is Retro? Retro is one, and you uh, tap Sacathopter, create a 4 4 colorless construct. Yeah. Uh, artifact <laughs> creature. Token. You just have eight power for the two creatures on turn one. Yep. That's Seems fucking right. ridiculous. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's Rhino's level right there. That's that, uh, No, Crash I think Kate. that one looks at Rhino's go, back up, Junior. <laughs> let me take care of this. So those are your weekly winners there. <laughs> Big G, you want to tell us about some of these beautiful cheap pickups? Yes, if you are a blue player, this is your week to pick up some cheap pickups for you. So Cryptic Command, specifically the Iconic Masters version, is sitting at $17.85, and it's trending down slowly, not too much. Um, and this one, let's go back to even last September, it was sitting at $26. So, I mean, that's almost a $9 drop right there. Um, when you factor in the sales tax and the the change to it as well, is it, sorry, is it because of Mystic Sanctuary getting banned? Uh, unfortunately, on the cheap pickups, it doesn't give the reasonings as to why it's going down. Uh, one thing it's is, it's been a while though since it, that got banned. It has, but Cryptic Command has definitely dropped down way in popularity. People, if they're going to be playing any kind of like triple blue spell, they're going to be playing Archmage's Charm way before they yep. even consider. Uh, card like quintuple no it like multiplied in price by like 15 times i was about to say matt i picked up a bunch you picked up a shit ton because anthony dollars anthony still sometimes gets pissed about this we had a uh, (laughs) um so our college group of friends like we're friends because we attribute it to like three things one we all lived in the same dorm two we all ended up starting or continued to or revisited playing magic and then improv comedy, of which most of those things collided on one night because we just planned our nights, our weeks that well. And so we try to get a commander um, weekend, even a day, but we kind of dedicate a weekend to it so that way people have travel time and all that. Um, you know, eh, roughly maybe two times a year. And one of the times we were playing at J Dubs, it just happened to be this one time. And 
Anthony came in. Oh man, I gotta pick up some Archmage's charms. Oh fuck. Josh didn't have any in there. What's going on? All of a sudden, I think almost like five, ten minutes later, you just pop in. Hey, motherfuckers, look who bought all the Archmage's charms. What up? I was all in on Archmage's charm right away because I'm like, this thing is a cancel but does more. (laughs) Just like on that alone. I'm like, this is a cancel but better. And it steals things. And it draws cards. Like, what? So I picked up like 10 or 12 at like $2. Nice. Good call. Well, yeah, no, so every now and then we still kind of hear fucking Matt picking up this Archmage charm, fucking bastard. And it's pro- it's lessened ever since the event, and I think this was like four, well, whenever Modern Horizons came out, what is that, four years ago now? 2019 is when. Oh, so roughly see. three years yeah. ago at this point. Yeah, so it's, it's still comical. It is. I love Archmage's charm. I loved it. And it wasn't, it wasn't I think it was that winter uh, roughly around when COVID started is when Archmage's Storm started to like move up in price. Yeah. I'm like, money. <laughs> money, money, money. But uh, Cryptic Command. Yep, there we go. All right, so the next one, we've got Brazen Borrower sitting at $10.91, and it is slowly trending down. And going back to September on this one, this one was a $20 card. So, I mean, this is the time to pick them up so you can pay. This is one of the adventure cards, so you can return a non-land permanent an opponent controls to their hand for the two, and then that card goes on an adventure, and you can flash it in for one generic and two blue. It is a flyer 3-1 that can block only creatures with flying. So, I mean, it does have that, you know, little bit of a handicap to it, but at the same time, it's a 3-1 flyer. that flash, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that you can flash in into your turn and then just go, hey, I'm going to fly over you with this little fairy rogue. So there we go. But then last card on the cheap pickups too, I mean, if you're an Is It style player, maybe this is your game, but an Imperial Recruiter, specifically the M or the Masters 25 version, is sitting at $8.80, and it is slowly trending down. Again, going back to that September time frame, this was sitting at about 24 bucks, and it does have multiple versions of it that are sitting there. So we've got some Modern Horizons 2 versions. We've got Judge promos. We've got Double Masters versions, all sitting at varying different prices, <laughs> including the the Portal 3 Kingdoms version, which might not be as cheap. And uh, Matt, what's that sitting at? Uh, $229.99. So uh, Portal 3 Kingdoms was the original <laughs> printing of this card. And I remember, uh, then he got the judge promo and stuff, but people were like, oh my gosh, we just wanted an Imperial Recruiter. It was a very underprinted set. Yeah. I remember when Double Masters came out, I pulled one of these. I'm like, hell yeah, fucking Imperial Recruiter, let's go. This is like a $30 card. So, damn. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. If you're if you're interested in blinging it out, the ex, uh, the borderless version of Imperial Recruiter from Modern Horizons Two that has uh, Kiki Cheeky and uh, Pestermite in the art in the background is eleven dollars. Hell yeah! Wait, what is that? You can see Kiki Cheeky and Pestermite in the back of the art there. Huh? Never realized that. Neither did I. That's funny. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So there are your cheap pickups for this week. 
but hey matt you know i've been i've been really struggling with this lately you know i've been going through my card collections i've been trying to categorize everything and put it in a catalog sounds like you're just being too busy just give up you know it is i'm being a little busy but you know the way i've got my magic collection goes it kind of is self self sustaining sustaining thank you there we go words are hard sometimes guys uh especially after you've had a few drinks um but you know i've been really struggling with it because you know i try to try to do store cred to feed my habit Oh, well, it's good that we got Alex here then. It is good that we have Alex here. But, you know, on those weeks that we don't have Alex here and I'm really struggling with, hey, you know what? I don't use this card. I'd like to get the most value for it. Mm. Is there any kind of resource I could use to find out, hey, I should sell this card now or maybe get some of these cheap pickups at even a lower price? Uh, There's this amazing tool called the Internet. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Is there anywhere specific on the Internet, jackass? Yes. <laughs> Ruined my fucking segue. Fuck. So there's this amazing site called TZG Sniper. They're a price trending site where you can enter in cards uh, and set a desired price to get notified <laughs> if they move up or down. So let's say you want to you want to get told when Cryptic Command moves down in price even more. You can enter this in on TZG Sniper, and if it gets to five, let's say the desired price is five bucks. It's like I want to pick up a bunch of five dollars. TCG Sniper will send you a notification when someone on TCG Player is selling them at that price. You click the link, you purchase it there, you become a happy Magic player. Also does it in the reverse. If you want to be selling uh, Imperial Recruiters when they start moving up in price from $8 to $12, uh, you'll get a notification when other sellers on TCG Player are going or are beginning to sell. And if you join their Discord, uh, the, the TCG Sniper Discord, there's talks right now of expanding it even further i can't speak too much about it but right now might be a good time to jump into tcg sniper and if you go over there create an account and mention that the guys over at this week in mtg sent you you will get three months free of their plus program so you will get 50 cards instead of their average five cards with their free uh their free program but you get three months free of their plus at the end of it if you don't like it you can cancel there's no hard feelings but you get three months of just like looking at cards and getting notified like it's 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 a plug and play and forget it's like okay i have this stack full of cards i want to do and you get notified not only does it work for singles but it also does it for sealed product as well it's super cool you're a jackass for ruining my segue like that (laughs) he's just been steaming about it just this whole time i've been the king of segues here and you just He's you, the jester of segues, I guess. I am. I got the hats and everything. I, f- I feel like I was Icarus and I flew too close to the sun and you just melted my wings. Or your jester's cap. <laughs> segues. Uh, there you go. I mean, Let me get into that uh, little segue brain and pluck some of them things out of there. You know the jingly balls going just ching, 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 ching. No, I think you ruined it right there. He had a great segue going into a magic card and he just he just ruined it. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Sweet, sweet transition into that ending note. The ending note. We have made it to the end of the podcast, you beautiful magic folk. Thank you so very much. Uh, the fact that you did this also blows my mind. If you made it here, uh, send us a message and say, tickle me pink. That way we know that you fucking made it to the end. If you, if you do that. Alex, you don't count. 
<laughs> Why do I not count? For because it? you're here to oh, okay. hear it. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so people, you send me a message. Uh, tickle me pink. Uh, we'll we'll work out something. I have I have things. Uh, we'll go from there. But uh, thank you also to our lovely patrons who make uh, who believe that this content that you just spent a long ass time listening to is worth supporting. We also want to give a big thank you to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you're looking for anything magic related, go check them out. Now, Paradox too. And, and <laughs> in the FM area, definitely check out Paradox. Paradox Comics and Cards, <laughs> where all the magic happens. And if you just want, if you just want to talk with Alex, there he is glad to talk, as I can attest to. Indeed, Alex, it was a hell of a good to have you here, man. Thank you for having me. No modifier. Thank you so much. But more importantly, thank you for so much for getting this tournament set up. Uh, yeah, thank you. Again, uh, go check out the Discord for this stuff, uh, Magic Folk. It is gonna slap. It's gonna be good. There's triple the packs now triple did we did you mention the the chat rooms for the tournament i don't remember if that was pre podcast or during the podcast yeah the chat rooms will come up uh will be coming up here shortly then when we get that first official hey here's who's paired up we'll set up some tables we'll get it set up by next week because i know that uh we'll we'll have at least eight people yeah if we could get 16 that'd be double dope hell yeah now there's a million packs. Yeah, so many packs. You're like, what are your chances? It's a free tournament, and you just get to play whatever the fuck you want. Like, come on. Come on. Join the Discord. And there's no way you can cheat if you can use everything. Hey, we got the bacon man in the chat saying, woo, tickle me pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You got to live up to your end of the bargain. I there. will. I will. Bacon man, I got you. Well, uh, Alex, uh, Nomad, do you guys have any plugs that you want to do? You want people to follow you anywhere? Or are you just going to be, nah, y'all do your thing. Just join the Discord. I am not organized enough in this realm for me to <laughs> worry about such things yet. But maybe soon. There we go. There we go. We'll get him on, and then he'll have more information again. <laughs> it's, it's it's planned now. You're coming back, Alex. It's inevitable. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I agree to these terms. Perfect. <laughs> Nomad? Yeah, follow me on YouTube. YouTube.com slash no modifier. Like, subscribe, and all that stuff. Uh, add me on the arena if you just want to play and have fun. We have chat rooms on the Discord. Hell yeah, we do. We do. And uh, Nomad posts up his videos and stuff there. Uh, I love I love watching them. The, uh, one of my favorite ones was when you were doing the... Uh, the Bogari... Uh, ne- uh, Maxwood Nexus and the Skeletal Swarming. The Skeletal Swarming one was good. Did you make a, a video of the Witherbloom one where you were uh, making permanents? Or, uh, was it Sultai? Was that with Orvar the the Orvar? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Orform and you had Witherbloom com- Witherbloom Command. Did you make that a video or was that just something we were talking about? Uh, that was no, I did make a video of that from your first suggestion. I used the run through. Beautiful. So yeah, that was a good. Note. So yeah, so yeah. Or If I can follow no modifier, it's it's good. It's good stuff. He posts his videos up in the Discord as well. More reasons to join the Discord this week in Discord. This is a Discord push week. Discord. 
And if you guys need, have uh, nothing else to say, we need a gif of that guy from the Family Guy episode where he's like, "Smoke." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one. Discord. Yeah, look at the Discord. Alex is going to post it here in the near future. <laughs> in the memes channel. There we go. Roadhouse. <laughs> and if you guys have nothing else to say, we will catch you, Magic Folk, next time. Peace out. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Is there any kind of resource I could use to find out, hey, I should sell this card now or maybe get some of these cheap pickups at even a lower price? Uh, There's this amazing tool called the Internet.